everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is, of course, the Game Vice podcast, the video game podcast for, what is it? Today is August the 19th, 2015. My name is LeGrand Jolly, your host, and I am joined also with co-hosts Jeremy Lamont and Dale Jones. Hello. Hello. Evening. Uh, hey, guys. Well, today's the Game Bites show. I'm glad you guys are here to join with me to talk about video games and... Um, and the like, you guys have been having a good good week playing video games. Anyone? It's been a week of video games. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I haven't really been able to play a whole lot, and I don't, I don't know why. Or maybe I've just been playing my games that aren't new games to talk about on the show. But I have been playing one game that I'm going to talk about. But, uh, and what's that? I am going to talk a little bit about a game called Alien Isolation. And I know I mentioned it a few weeks ago that I was uh, kind of have picked it up. Um, but I've put maybe, I don't know, five hours into it. Let me look into Steam really quick. This is the Alien, as in the Alien movie game, right? Yeah, this is the uh, this is a good Alien game. Um, so I know they released Colonial Marines uh, like a few years ago, and it was horrible or whatever. Also AVP not too long ago as yeah, well. Yeah, yep. And uh, this is the, uh, the game that's trying to be a, um, a game... That has a tone and feel of the very first Alien. So it's more like Alien than Aliens. Yes, oh, very much so. Um, and I, so uh, for me, I've, I've come. I'm always have been like a, a fanboy of the Aliens movies. Um, probably the most watched movie of my childhood was Aliens, the second one, oh, yeah. um, with uh, with Hicks and you know those guys and Hudson. And uh, yeah, I, I watched that movie over and over and over again. And uh, playing this game made me want to watch it again. Um, and I. It's. I really like the series. I like. I, I like the lore. I like the. You know. I. I, I think it's cool. So. Let me ask um, you a question about the yeah. the lore. Like Alien and Predator are actually in the same universe, right? Oh, I have no idea. I, I never watched the Alien versus Predator movie. Um, I, I just like the uh, the idea of the planet with the you know the face huggers and. Um, I even thought the Prometheus movie was fairly okay. Actually, I, I think me and Jeremy saw Prometheus. Yeah, we did together. go to see Prometheus. And oh, the yeah? one question that I left from that movie is, if a giant rolling thing is coming at you, why don't you go to the side yeah, why don't instead you go of trying to, the to run side? straight yeah. away? Because... That's the one thing I got from that movie. Yeah, it's basically a, a big horseshoe <laughs> rolling at you, and you just keep going. Like, you got to try and outrun that thing, man. You cannot go one way or the other. <laughs> I, watched, uh, I watched a clip from that movie the other day um, with the facehugger, when the facehugger jumps on that one dude. Um, uh, the uh, that part was what are they sweet, called? Man. The engineer, yeah, it was like a huge face hugger. Anyway, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither did I until I watched it. I mean, I you like, could oh. you could say about any of the alien movies. Oh, the part when that face hugger got that dude. Yeah, was it was it really a, a face hugger, or was it like the giant mutated thing at the end that gave birth to the xenomorph? It looked well, the, exactly, it, and that's what the face huggers do, right? So they implant whatever in the whoever, and then. The alien hatches out, right? I don't understand, and maybe we should talk about this after the show, but why Why did that robot go with him and do all of that, that shady stuff? Like, what was his interest in... Dude, I don't remember the plot of that movie. Come on. And his name you. was David, and he just wanted to be a, a human boy, I think. Is I've been meaning to watch that movie again. Blue Fairy. Uh, mostly because I've been playing Alien Isolation, which is what I'm talking about uh, today. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, Alien yeah. Isolation is a game where you play as... Uh, Ripley, so the main character, Ellen Ripley, is that what's her name? What's her first name? Yeah, Ellen Ripley. Right, yeah. So you are actually no, no. no you're playing as her daughter. Oh. So her daughter uh, is now trying to figure out what happened to her mother, and so uh, she 
because yeah, this is between the two movies. Yeah, it or seems something, like it's right? between one and two. Where so it's one before she right. got cloned, and before well, before two, because after the first one, she was stuck in you know she was stuck in in sleep stasis forever, flying back towards somewhere, and then uh, they woke her up at the beginning of Aliens. So I think it's happening between Alien and Aliens. Um, I think mm. I don't know. I, I might be wrong. Okay. Maybe it's happening. I have no idea. Anyway, so so this is a first person experience walking simulator. Yes, though this is probably the most terrifying game I have ever played in my life. Um, and, and I've played, and I even like before that it was Amnesia, Amnesia yeah. um, Dark Descent. Dark that Descent. was the scariest game I've ever played, and now I think this game um, takes the cake just because uh, in in Amnesia it's kind of more of an unsettling. Like there's a monster, but you never see it. Like I never saw the monster in, in Amnesia, and I know it happens later on. I never actually finished the game, but this game, there's actually a creature that is hunting you, um, and you are very, very uh, weak. You're limited in what you can do. You can't really defend yourself. Um, I know later on, I've, I've, I've played about five hours. Um, I finished uh, mission number five out of uh, 17 or 18, I believe. Uh, the missions, well, depending on how bad you suck, uh, the missions can take a long time. Like today, I basically played about an hour and finished one mission which was mission number five. It was the first mission where the entire mission you were being stalked. So, so let me have, let me drill into that point for just a minute. So you're being yeah. stalked and hunted. What can you do? Can you fight? Can you bear arms and, and fight this thing? Or do you just have to hide or what's the, so you have a variety of, I, I know later on you get a flamethrower that you can use to kind of scare it off. I know the fuel is kind of limited, but I remember when I played the survival mode. So there's a, there's a mode in the game. That's not the storyline, but it's kind of a, Hey, put you in a, in a place and you try to get out and, you know, get away from the alien, and you kind of start with all these little weapons, and one is a flamethrower, so I've tried it out. Uh, I, I haven't unlocked that yet in the main campaign, um, so that scares it away. Right now, basically, it's hide, and use your, you have a motion tracker, like in the movies, um, where you can kind of track the location, you kind of rely on that to know where the alien's at, and basically, if they, at this point in the game where I'm at, if the alien sees me, I'm, I'm basically dead, like, it's just might as well just give up, but the way that it's it's just I mean, there's so many times where I'm sitting there walking through like a corridor, and and one thing that's really really cool about this is I mean, they did a lot of attention to detail to make it feel like the original movie. Like it, it even when you fire up the game the first time, it, it pops up with a really grainy, um, you know, uh, like Nostromo like, loading screen or whatever. Yeah, it's super awesome, and and so and and in the game there's a lot of like computer terminals and it's all old. You know, back in like nineteen eighties future know, computer stuff, yeah. exactly. Um, so it's got a lot of, and it feels, and it looks and feels just like, um, like the movie did. And so mm-hmm. you basically you you go to to find out what happened from your mom, and you end up um, getting on this space station that um, you get go to get on it, and you find that it's kind of destroyed and kind of falling apart, and there's people in there, and uh, then you f- discover that there's an alien or a creature that is, you know, killing everything. And th- at this point, obviously the, you know, you know what the aliens are, but, uh, anyway, but so when, when I'm like walking through a corridor and all of a sudden the alien like rounds the corner and I don't know about it, I'll like stop and just look and look kind of like a deer in the headlights. Like, like, I don't want to move, like, don't move. He won't see me type of thing. Um, then inevitably he'll turn at me and then run at me and kill me somehow. It sounds nightmarish. It is horrible. It is absolutely uh, horrible, horribly terrifying. And um, I'm gonna play some more after the podcast. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very, very scary. And I, I mean, several times today, I mean, I, it was just like, 
even though I knew I was going to die, it would startle me when it actually would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would just like close my eyes and just kind of like, you know, your heart gets racing and um, it's, it's very, very intense. And so, like I said, right now it's kind of just hide and kind of sneak around and try to get to the next object- objectives. And I think if you kind of knew, I, I think it's kind of got a learning curve. I think you gotta kind of got to figure out the mechanics of the game. And, and I guess the alien doesn't really, um, doesn't really have a set path or a pattern of movement. It kind of is just random, which is kind of what makes it interesting because you can't really predict, um, where the alien is going to go next. So does it always seem feasible though? Like you can't, you wouldn't like just see him across the room and then like two seconds later, he's behind you. It's like, well, the, the audio in the game is amazing. So I'm playing, I play with a, with headphones. And I think you have to play with headphones because the, the positional audio is really, really good in it. Um, so you can hear like off to the right side, you know, that, that there's an alien clomping around, you know, and then you can use your motion detector to kind of determine how far or how close you away is. They use a lot, do a lot of stuff with the music to um, let you know that, you know, shit's going down. So, um, you know, hold still or go hide or something like that. But when you do, when you are seen by the alien, you actually can run and hide in a closet or you can crawl underneath the table and hide and kind of try to wait it out. There's a few times where I was kind of just hide. I kind of was running away from the alien. I turned down a corner and it was like a dead end. So I stopped and turned around and then the alien came creeping by and luckily didn't look towards me. So I was able to survive, but, uh, yeah, it's very, very intense and, um, there's a lot of like audio from her. So when you're hiding in a closet and you see the alien walking around outside, it's kind of like you're hiding in like one of those like middle school lockers where you have like little slits in it. So you can kind of see out into the into the room uh, where you're hiding in and the alien kind of creeps in and she starts breathing heavily and, you know, um, starts whimpering in some cases and things like that. So they do a lot to kind of uh, bring you into the game um, from an emotion, from a, you know, from an emotion standpoint. And it's, it does a really, really good job of it. So, this um, is a. This is also from Creative Assembly, the people who did the bad one, or is this a different? I would imagine. Or maybe, maybe, maybe I got that mixed up. Did, was Creative Assembly involved in Colonial Marines? I, I think Creative Assembly was the, the good one. Gearbox. Did that's this one. Colonial Marines. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember there was that was the big yeah, deal. This is this is Creative Assembly, and um, yeah, they what did they what else have they done? They're, they do Total all the uh, Total War stuff. Okay. They also did Viking kind of Warrior of Asgard, and there's like a Barbarian game or something else that they did. Also, I believe, so right now they're doing Total Warhammer, Warhammer Total War. But I, I want to say they were working on something else that was like another action sort of game, but I, I can't remember. Well, they've really done a good job with this. I think it's it's a very, very good game. Uh, I, I kind of poked through some reviews and people talking about it, and a lot of people claim that it gets kind of samey um, as you go along. Um, that It's just kind of the same. You're kind of creeping along and trying to get to a place and hide from the alien and get go to some other place and do something else. And um, So I don't really know about that. There are androids in the game, which are terrifying. Um and uh, it's but they're helpers though, right? Why are no, they no, no. They they are bad. They are bad, bad. So so it's, it's kind of got the feel of kind of like a, a Last of Us, where you're on this space station, but there's still people living in the space station that haven't been killed by the alien yet. And so it's, they're they're like just trying to survive, like you are. So you kind of come up along among them, and they're like, okay, and they don't trust you, and you know they want to kill you because they don't want you to take their stuff and that type of thing. So you get kind of mm. that survival that survival type of thing with it, and then. Uh, there's a there's a level on um, maybe like the third mission or third or fourth mission or so you actually uh, have to go and you're trying to get to the communications place to kind of commu- to communicate back with your ship and 
you go up and talk to an android and the androids it's kind of it's, it looks just like an android from the first movie um when they like bishop no that's the second one i believe oh yeah that is the second the one. first one the, the guy like he burns and his you know it all comes off and he the, yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone right. thinks that he's an actual person until it's revealed oh oh so you so it's the, the skeletal looking yeah you know, so they have like a you know a plain face with no emotion and then they have these white eyes and you know they're like you're like hey i'm, I'm trying to get the communications place and they're like oh you, you can't go there sorry and you're like well i gotta get there because i gotta talk to my ship like nope you can't i'm like okay whatever you keep walking down the walking down the path and then you come across another another android there's like a whole bunch of them and he's like hey what what are you doing here and and you're like well i'm trying to get to the communications place and it's like nope you better not go there and you're like whatever and then you keep going then when you finally actually contact try to contact your ship or the other people that are with you um, then all of a sudden, there's like a red alert, and you know, oh, someone's detected, you know, intruder detected in the in the communications room or whatever. And then at that point, the aliens kind of turn um, uh, bad, and they try they try to kill you. And the uh, androids, you mean? Yeah, the androids. And um, and so th- there's a scene where you're kind of creeping through these ducks, and you look out this window, and there's another guy there, and the alien like grabs him and murders him right in front of you, and you're like, what the hell's going on? And then at that point, you, it's kind of a sneak and hide from the androids and kind of get, you know, kind of follow their paths and try to not be seen by them because they will chase you down relentlessly, uh, though a little bit slower than the aliens. Um, it, it just strikes me how much listening to you describe this, it sounds like someone recounting a really bad nightmare. Uh, it, it is, it is, it is bad. It's, it's like I said, it's it, a really bad nightmare of a game. Yeah, it is. It is not a fun game. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, it's it's scary and it's fun to play, but it, it's just intense. It is very very like. intense and very frightening. And when the, the android part, that that was the creepiest part because they have this you know no no emotion. They just kind of walk towards you at a slow pace and don't stop. And if you like try to swing at them with like your wrench or whatever you got, they'll like actually stop you and grab your wrist and then knock you down. Um, you like can't really attack them, so it's kind of like. You know, run away and hide. Uh, so I found myself. You, you get a bunch of gadgets you can use throughout the games, like a noisemaker. So I would drop a noisemaker in one position, then jump in a vent and run over to the other side, and it would attract all of the androids over to this noisemaker. Then I would, you know, be able to sneak along. And so you have little tools at your disposal to kind of use. You have flares to kind of attract the alien. You drop a flare and then, you know, run the other way and, you know, that, that type of stuff. Uh, you do have a revolver. Um, so I would imagine that the androids will come back throughout the game as well as other survivors. So that, that I only came across them once. I, I really think that if um, it was, if it is the alien for the rest of the game, for the other 13 missions I have or so left levels, um, I think it would become a little samey. Um, but I think that if they throw in some other stuff and continue the story and, you know, kind of unraveling the story of what's going on at the space station, I think it'll, uh, it'll uh, remain you know, fun to play and interesting. So yeah, I look forward to keep playing it. Uh, I don't know if I'll finish it. It's really, we'll see how, how scared I get as I see how you can hold up. So then two, two questions uh-huh. then one, one word answers. Sure. So from the last game I played in the aliens, anything was like aliens versus predator two in like 2001 or something like that. Uh-huh. Is this, is this a worthy, is this like a canon entry in this seems more like a canon entry than any other Aliens game I've played, aside from the ones that are based off of the movies themselves. Um, yeah, Colonial Marines was supposed to be canon, too. I've never played Colonial Marines. <laughs> Did you they, play that? They were making a big deal out of that before it came out, that it was going to be canon. Uh, no, so then, second question. Uh-huh. Alien or Aliens? Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Dale, weigh in on that. Uh, you know, I've, I've probably seen them each one time when I was like 15, so... Oh. 
Yeah. I've seen Alien probably three three times. I've seen Aliens probably seventy times. When did uh, <laughs> Alien Three come out? Oh. It was like mid '90s or something, right? Because I think I rented one, two, and three. I had Alien like, Three on the Super all at Nintendo. the same time for from Blockbuster or something. Alien Three was '92, um, and then they had mm-hmm. Alien Resurrection, which was got to be like what '90. That was like '98 yeah, or so. Was was Sigourney Weaver in that one also? Yeah, '97 was Alien Resurrection. That was a weird one. Uh, that was a. Weird I, one. I get the I get three and four mixed up. Wasn't wasn't three the one where she's a clone and she's playing basketball? That's Alien Four or Alien Resurrection. Oh. Yeah, three is three is when she she's escaping the, from aliens and she crash lands on the prison planet. Prison planet. Yeah. yeah. There's like the dog alien. Was was that one directed by David Fincher? Is that right? I don't know. Who would later go on to do like Fight Club, Zodiac, uh, several other stuff? Yep, David Fincher. Yep. There you go. Yep. Anyway, so Dale, what what's uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so the only thing I really want to talk about this week is uh, a game that I picked up a long time ago for my PS3 that starts with an N, and it is called Near N I E R. That's on my list. I think that's right, or maybe it's N E I R. No, it's N it's N I E R. Is it N I? Yeah. Either way, it's um it's Near. Uh, this is a strange game. It's um. I guess it's a Japanese role-playing game, a JRPG. I know it's Japanese, um, and, but it, it plays more like an action game in the style of um, run around and, and hit dudes repeatedly a la Kratos or Dante or whoever. Um, though there are definitely like magical powers and hit points and, and things like that. Is there anime game here? levels. Yeah, there is. There's anime okay. here. JRPG um, then. Big sword. And there's weird. There's weird like. It's just. It, it's interesting. So it, it starts out, and you're playing as a guy. Um, I don't know if he's near at that point, or if he becomes near later, or if it's even the same person. Um, apparently, it's like summertime, but it's snowing, and you're in like a deserted, rundown city that's you know sort of tokyo-esque it might be somewhere i don't know if they name it anywhere um but he's with his daughter and they're holed up in a what remains of like a like a imagine like a supermarket from fallout basically it's like a place that's definitely had some sort of apocalypse and um but they're yeah they're holed up in the remains of this supermarket and they have very little resources um the daughter is injured or sick or something and the the character is going out to like kind of forage for for resources um and there's this like weird demonic magic book that um when when they're attacked by these weird sort of shades or like magical phantoms um the character near or no it's i think it's his daughter actually like touches the book and calls for help and and previously the 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 man has warned his daughter hey don't touch that book (laughs) you know never touch that book (laughs) um but she knows that the book can grant her wishes and and you know grant powers and whatnot so this happens um and then it like skips forward like 1300 years uh and then you're in like magical fantasy jrpg land uh but you're still playing more or less the same guy only now he has like this weird fantasy um sort of 
Ronin, um, uh, you know, work for hire sort of get up on, and he has this sword, and they live in this weird, like, feudal, uh, you know, stone and mortar castle sort of dwelling. And the daughter is still the same age, if it's the same girl, if indeed he is the same guy. And the daughter's still sick, and um, now they live in this, like, quote-unquote, dying world. Um, but it's all nice and sunny outside and, like, green hills. And, you know, it's it's like, it's kind of bizarre. Uh, so Nier goes to, like, the head of the village. There's this, this woman named Popola. And Popola, like, every day gives him some errands to go and do and then pays him a little bit of money so he can exist in this world <laughs> so, so there's and, your subquest. it's rat pelts and yeah exactly so the first thing no literally the first thing that she tells you to do is to go out into the nearby field kill some sheep and bring her back some um <laughs> mutton or something or maybe it's the medicinal herbs or whatever, but yeah, there are sheep involved um so you do that and then you you come back and uh, the daughter is sick, but she's going to the nearby library, even though uh, Nira is telling her, uh, I think her name is Yona. He's like, Yona, you're sick. You have to stay in bed. Uh, she's like, no, but I want to go to the library and maybe I can read about my sickness. And been here for 1,300 years and I still don't yeah, exactly. know what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's strange. Um, but the, the storyline has, has progressed a little bit from this point where – um, she, she was being precocious and she went off to like a mystical shrine and then she got captured by some magical golem type enemies that were, I don't know, going to be up to no good apparently. And so when, but when Nier gets there, he finds that same old book that is now, um, held in like a magical field, almost as though it was being kept from the rest of the world. But he, you know, breaks the magical field to defeat the golems who have, become awakened because he's trespassed trying to find his daughter who they have apparently taken captive and put on a, a buyer like princess Zelda or something. Um, so you defeat these bosses and then the next issue, the next uh, thing that you're asked to do by Popola, the sort of, so that was just with the sheep librarian. <laughs> no, the, the sheep, okay, the sheep, the sheep happened before. before. They're okay. unrelated. Um, okay. But yeah, so now I'm, I'm being asked to go to a, another nearby town and just like make a delivery for something. <laughs> oh, no, no, I know what it is. It's the the book is this – the book is actually sentient and can talk, and he's a character named Vice. And there apparently is another book. So this is a white book. Vice means white in German. There's a – there's a the, the grimoire noir, which means black, in French, a different language from German. Ooh, multi-ethnic. I'm not so yeah, sure so this is a JRPG anymore. I, I don't know if they actually meant to have them be the same language and messed up or if they purposefully chose different languages for the white and black book. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that's what it's called. There's Grimoire Vice and Grimoire Noir. And uh, Grimoire Vice can apparently, uh, if he's brought to his full power level, cure the what is now known as the Black Scrawl, which is the sickness afflicting Nier's daughter. So... By going so, to the next town, you can meet the elder of that town and find out a little bit more about the location of Grimoire Noir. Because if you find that and 
I don't know, defeat it or something, you can presumably... <laughs> <laughs> so, so this game the... kind of sounds like just a big question mark. I mean, I, I've heard two... Let me, let me just let me try something here. So I've heard two things about this game, and may, maybe you can corroborate or, or not. But yeah. one is I've heard it has ec- an excellent musical score. Is it interesting to listen to? Music is good so far? I... I I did not really care for the music so far, especially the the library area where you go in the beginning in the town to talk to Chief Popola or whatever to get your missions. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. It it sounded almost like two separate tracks played over one another. It sounded discordant, and I, I didn't really like it. Huh. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it sounds all right. It sounds, sounds like all right. Uh, maybe okay. you have to get farther in. I don't know. Maybe. Well, so the second thing I heard is that something about the characters that you come across, you might defeat them in combat, but then later on you might, in fact, I think you might even get to the end of the game. One thing I've heard about this is that you, in order to get the full true story, you actually have to play play the game like three times or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the same thing. And so I I don't know if you are getting a whiff of that yet or if there's any decisions you can make about what you do. I think so. I, I, mean, I think I can kind of see that coming on with the whole Grimoire Vice thing because he, even though his name is, <clears throat> he's the White Book, um, it's obvious that he's he was stowed away for some reason and probably not meant to be tampered with. But there's also the fact that the abilities that he give you he gives you for magical use are all named like Dark Missile, Dark Fireball, Dark Shadow This, you know, Black Evilness that or whatever. of yeah. So I think it's going to get to the end of the game, and it's going to be like, I said my name was Grimoire Vice, but actually I'm Grimoire Noir. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, something like that. Um, I, th- I think you should finish this game and let us know. I, In well, fact, you should not only finish this game, but you should laboriously every week. I want to hear exactly <laughs> what an happens. Update. <laughs> yes. I, I wonder how long it is. I'll look into it. Maybe if it's not too long, maybe I'll give it a go. Okay, um, we're going to hold you to this. The the one thing I did notice about the game so far that I think is kind of cool is that it it changes character not character it changes camera angles on you sometimes when you go through a door it'll like pan um, it'll be just a regular three D third person action game and if you go through a door it may be pan to the side and all of a sudden it's like a 2D, two D two point five D game or it may like go up to the top and you're looking down like like the original Zelda or something oh, um, yeah and it, it kind of gets something about that. It gets into, like, um, there's some, like, bullet hell situations uh, in some of the fights where, like, the enemies are shooting a lot of projectiles, and it becomes like this, like, you know, like a bullet hell shooter where you're navigating the waves of, of dots and things. Um, that is weird. It's, it's an action game, but with RPG elements, with, I guess, some, like, shooter action elements, and, um, you know, just a weird story so far. I don't know what to make of it all. And not only that, but when you when you first turn on the game, like when it goes to the to the title screen, instead of playing like a little song or something, it's it's this like woman uh, who who I think is one of the later party members that you get, and she's like just cursing at the um, at the at, at Vice. She's like she's like Vice, you dumbass, start making sense, or I'm gonna rip out all your pages and you know shit down your throat or whatever. Whoa! <laughs> it, like like it's yeah. Um, all right, good pretty to crazy. Know. So I, I'm not sure what to think of it. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll have to look forward to some updates for that. I think I think you're going to have to be stuck on end for a while. Uh, I mean, what's yeah. your feeling on it right now? Are you interested in it? Is it piquing your curiosity? Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 interesting just because of. 
playing through the, the, the probably two hours or so that I put into it so far, it's been, um, a little bit kind of ho-hum action-y sort of like, like this is what, this is kind of what games used to look like, used to, used to be like in the sort of like PS2 days. Um, one thing I'll, I'll say about it is that your, your character moves at a real decent clip across the, uh, across the levels. Like he, he trucks it when he runs across the, like really fast. Pretty cool. So run, running across to get to the, to the bullet hell and the, I, I've heard there's like walls of text too, like a lot of like reading involved. Have you gotten, I haven't gotten any yet? of that yet. It's yeah. so far, it's been just a lot of like very basic JRPG town people, townsfolk dialogue so far. Well, I have to say that is probably the most eclectic description I think I may ever have heard of a single game, possibly ever. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's I, it's interesting. I want to I want to give it a little bit more time at least and see kind of where because I haven't really met. I don't have anybody else in my party. I mean, it's just me in the book right now, and the book doesn't. He like magically comes out of your pocket whenever you need to fire a spell or something. So not much of a talker, is he? No, he is. It's not like the He'll, book from uh, Soul Sacrifice. Yeah, Libram, that's a great book. <laughs> Kinda. So like when you I was going around the the town just like collecting quests cuz that's you can get you can just pick up side quests just like in an MMO or something. And this one lady's like, "Oh, I need you to go to the shop and purchase everything on this list." And then so and then yeah, the 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 book pops up. He's like, "You're Do they always ask you to do these inane quests?" And um mm. And then Nier is like, well, you know, I don't consider them inane quests because I they these people support me, and I'm just glad to have work to do. And yada, so yada, then yada. I have a question for you then about that sort of thing. So one one last question: Do you feel like the design of the game is super competent and canny, or do you feel like it's really an incompetent kind of mess? Oh, this is like the deadly premonition question. Kind of like is it is it just so smart that you can't even tell? Um, it's, you know, it, it's hard to tell, especially this early on. Uh, I think there's, to some degree, there's got to be a little bit of sort of tongue in cheek there. Uh, right. but you know, it's, like I said, it's hard to tell. Sure. I mean, they, they, they are doing something strange with the story, at least that at, at the very least, that is a conscious decision, what they're doing with the with the plot and the setting and, and whatnot and how, like I said, it, it, it says on the screen, it says 1,312 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you're playing like, like the same characters. Like or what's what? even going on or why did they bother with that? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, like, like what Grant says, I guess we'll have to have to wait for some more near updates. Yep. All right. Well, uh, let me kind of cap it off. I'll talk about what I've been playing a little bit. Definitely nothing as far-fetching as that. Um, so I'm going to start out with a, uh, a new release, a fairly new release, called Adventures of Pip, or The Adventures of Pip. Uh, this apparently was a Kickstarted game a while back, and uh, I guess I was just looking this up. I, I'm, it just released this week on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but apparently it actually had a release on the Wii U back in June of this year. Um, and uh, actually also uh, iOS. Uh, so it's Windows in June, Wii U in June, iOS, and now uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So I've been playing it on my Xbox, trying to give the Xbox a little bit of attention, and uh, this is a, a little bit surprised. I'm kind of surprised that it has been so... I, I guess it's well-known, or it was sort of a little bit of a Kickstarter darling, but it's a, a fairly straightforward 2D platformer, but as all indie platformers 
will. This has a sort of hook to it. The the uh, setting of Adventures of Pip is sort of a everything is very self-aware pixely kinds of stuff. So everything is about pixels. There's an opening cinema where it talks about some people are born with a low resolution and it'll show uh, RPG characters, so it's sort of swords and sorcery kind of thing, and some people are, are like blocky and some people are, are you know more finely detailed, um, and apparently there's sort of a, a cast system and, and you know the, the highest, most important people have the highest resolution, and then there's Pip who was born as a single pixel. And uh, he's not a small pixel, he's a, he's a large pixel, so it's a little bit like Thomas Was Alone or something like that, where you're an actual little polygon. So uh, evil uh, enchantress comes and steals all the pixels and uh, makes everybody really low res, turns everybody else a single pixel, but Pip is already a single pixel and has lived that way all of his life, and so he has nothing to fear, so he goes off on a quest to save the kingdom. Uh, Pip is, as a single pixel, he is uh, very floaty and he's short, he can fit into small spaces, but as you... Uh, get through the first few levels introducing you to the sort of jumping mechanics and floating mechanics. Um, you find a uh, the, the ghost of a, of a long-dead hero who bestows upon you the power of extra pixels. So Pip is then able to evolve into kind of an 8-bit character. So he's he's more than a, a single pixel now, but uh, you know he's still you know not very finely detailed. And as a as a boy now, as a as a real boy, uh, Pip can uh, he can punch things. So he has a little hit that he can do forward or down to break through things or to attack enemies. He can also do a wall jump. So then they introduce the mechanics of changing back and forth. At any point, you can choose to devolve Pip manually, which sends out a little explosion of energy, so he can break through barriers that way. But then, of course, now he's a uh, he's devolved down, and uh, you know, so you have to kind of decide which way are you going to take a path through the level. Are you going to squish into a little area? Are you going to explode energy and break through barriers, and then suddenly you're just a single pixel again, or are you going to stay as a as a an eight bit character and be able to wall jump up to a certain place? So the levels uh, start out being sort of bifurcated where you can sort of take one path or take another path. Uh, the game is also very big on hidden areas, so some of the walls are transparent. Uh, and as you go through the levels, you have three villagers or three pixel people that you're going to try and rescue. If you, if you touch them, they make a little happy animation and they disappear, and then you've uh, you know, gotten one of the three characters for that level. Uh, and of course, then later on, you actually have the ability to evolve up into a 16-bit style character, where Pip now has a sword, um, and he can push blocks. Every time you evolve upward, you get a little bit heavier. So, for example, as a pixel, you can bounce up off of bouncy mushrooms. You'll go very high. You can float and get across wide distances, assuming you can get the, the altitude. Um, as, a, as an 8-bit character, he doesn't bounce nearly as high, but he can wall jump. And then the 16-bit character basically stomps down on the mushrooms, can't bounce at all, but now can push heavy blocks. And so uh, it, it, it's sort of like a few different games all together in one. Um and like I said, I'm a, I'm a little surprised that it was so well regarded because it kind of gets back to that that old joke about you know indie platformers, indie 2D platformers with a gimmick of some kind. Um, it's 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 not bad, but you know you you can kind of see everything coming as 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 the game unfolds a little bit. Um, it's uh, the, the art is is pretty well done. Uh, you know you can definitely tell the difference between uh, objects and characters that are supposed to be lower res versus higher res. Um, the single pixel, like I said, kind of gives me more of a polygon vibe than a than a pixel vibe. But uh, lots of uh, pixel based jokes, people making fun of Pip for being a you know a one dimensional character or whatever, and you know telling him that he's a square or whatever. Huh. Um, the the music uh, is actually the most surprisingly good part of this. I don't know if they had a really good music budget or what, but it's not a um, 
you know, NES or SNES style soundtrack, it's like a full-on orchestrated, surprisingly, you know, high fidelity soundtrack uh, for the game. And uh, it's very, very nice and mellow, fun to listen to. Um, as you defeat enemies or open secret chests in the game, you, you get more pixels. So again, it's all based on pixels, and, and you can go back to the shop in town. Uh, there's a sort of a, a Super Mario 3 style map that you go along to, to get into different levels and stuff. And, um, and that's kind of mostly all there is to uh, Adventures of Pip. Um, like I said, it's on lots of different platforms now. Um, I'm not sure... Let's see, I was going to say, I'm not sure the actual cost of the game. I think it's like 15, 15 bucks, bucks on Steam. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, I don't know. Like like I said, it's hard for me to tell because to me it was sort of, eh. I mean, it was okay, but people seem to be pretty excited about it or at least to have, you know, been big supporters of it back when it was a back when it was a single-celled Kickstarter game, I guess. Yeah, what, who were the, the people that backed this? I mean, was it done by people with a prior record in the games industry or, or what like... uh well the people who developed it it's a company called TikTok games okay. um and uh, you know i'm not sure they they haven't really they, they actually they come from way forward i think um but, hmm. but as far as what they've done as a as a team and actually it's kind of funny because i did either of you play um there's uh, there's renegade kid jules watts watch him i think is his name and he he does things like uh he did the moon chronicles but he did another one called mutant mud did you guys ever see that one where it was uh, a pretty straightforward pixely looking like i might own that platform <laughs> yeah i think it it might have been on ps plus at some point mutant muds attack you have a little kid with a water gun i've definitely like... heard of it i it, yeah is it on steam i don't know uh, I'm not sure. It, it was originally on 3DS, I think it's on Vita. And it is on Steam. now, I think. Um, but it gives me that kind of vibe, where they are really drilling down into some very basic mechanics. I mean, even though I, I've talked about all these trappings of the, you know, the pixel story and the evolving from the, from the pixel to the 8-bit to the 16-bit, most of the action that you do is really very straightforward. Um, it's just, you, you're, you're down here, you've got to figure out which way you're, how you're going to get up onto this platform or how you're going to switch between one type of character to another to get where you're going to go. Um, and, and so in that sense, it feels pretty straightforward, but, uh, you know, very well done. I, I think as as far as uh, developers creating something that they intended, I think they've pretty much hit what it was they were they were trying to do. Uh, whether or not it will excite you, you should probably watch a video or something and see if it if it looks like your cup of tea. So, so that's one of the games I was playing, Adventures of Pip. Uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit, uh, I guess, staying in the pixely realm. Uh, Pac Man Two Fifty Six came out uh, today, oh. actually, as as of the time of this recording. Uh, and so, uh, have either of you guys played Crossy Road? Yeah, I played no. Crossy Road. Nope. So this is the same company, uh, Hipster Whale, I think they're called. And the thing about Crossy Road is it's basically, you know, endless. Instead of an endless runner, Crossy Road was an endless frogger. Yep. Uh, this one is an endless Pac-Man, but it's kind of neat. The reason they call it Pac-Man 256 is because it's sort of loosely based on the famous slash infamous slash it's maybe like you've never heard of it. Or something, right? Yeah, exactly. So a glitch in Pac-Man that would cause just characters to you know come onto the screen, and and that was the end of the game. I mean, if you got to I think it passed the 256 level, that was as far as the the memory in the in the uh, arcade console could handle. Uh, so in this, it's a pretty well-realized uh, Pac-Man maze, and it starts out easy enough, and you start going around it, but then it starts being consumed from the bottom up 
by this growing wall of like glitch text and stuff and you'd basically the the top part of the of the pac-man map just continues expanding forever and so you're you are doing a few things in this and they've, they've sort of tried to, to build a few hooks into this game so number one is of course there are the pack pellets and you are trying not only to escape this this glitch wall this uh, 256 uh, kill screen thing but you're also trying to build up a streak of pellets uh, and then of course there are the ghosts so there's the usual inky blinky pinky and clyde uh, they've actually added uh, a few new ghosts as well um, there's, uh, in fact, I was looking at the names of these guys. There's also, uh, Spunky, who is a sleeping ghost, but if you go anywhere near him, he will start to chase you pretty, pretty aggressively. Uh, there's also, uh, chains of, of green and, and purple ghosts. Funky, the ghost, who, they just sort of march back and forth, but there's a bunch of them together. And, uh, and I think there may be others, but anyway, they've added some new AI sorts of characters. And they'll, of course, try and get you, you might be able to, um, use little spurts of, of glitch that start happening to kind of, you know, put yourself between, uh, between them and, and, you know, danger and, and, uh, so there's that. And then there are also power-ups in this as well. So in sort of the crossy road fashion, there's always lots of unlocks that you're working toward. Uh, there are power-ups like, uh, for example, there's a laser that you can get that if you eat, it, it would be a pack pellet, but instead it'll be a power-up. So there's a laser that will just continue infinitely in one direction, and if there's a ghost there, it'll automatically zap the ghost and kill it. Uh, there are bombs, it, cherry bombs. Is bomb, it free-to-play? It's free-to-play? It is free-to-play. It's very free What are the hooks? Like, so, the... It's like Crossy Road, right? So, right, so right. those are the hooks. So the thing is, so you can play... Cosmetics? Yeah, it, well, cosmetics, uh, but also power-ups. So I think the main, the main thing for free-to-play is the tokens. So you can either play free play, which allows no power-ups, but you can just play as, as much as you want. Uh, you can spend a token, which will be the, I guess, sort of the real mode of the game, which allows you to use up to three power-ups. Uh, the the power-ups also, <clears throat> you have to level them in order to uh, in order to start. They actually start out as level zero inert power-ups, but then you can spend special coins in the game. So there's a lot of different currencies that you're, that you're sort of looking at. Uh, the other thing that this does that's a lot like Crossy Road is it will give you little mini-goals where they will give you a gift, which they did in Crossy Road. You'd have presents to unwrap periodically, uh, and in this case, you might get a special gift like a like a power up, or most of the time, it's going to be special coins. Um, and uh, if you if you die, you can also spend tokens to continue your progress from where you are, or you can end the game and start over at the beginning. Um, you can also get gifts by watching ads, so they will give you a twenty second ad for something, and you can uh. do it that way. So it's it's very free to play, but you don't have to do that stuff if you don't want to, and uh, it is pretty fun just in and of its own self the controls are, are pretty easy i mean crossy road was very swipey swipe up swipe down swipe left or right same thing in this uh yeah and in the same way the pac-man championship edition so let, let me get this part out of the way this game is no pac-man championship edition for my money that is still probably the best pac-man game indeed ever the one on uh xbox live arcade yeah, yeah that game ruled man yeah, and the music in that was really good, and I wanted to mention it so that I could use music from, from Pac-Man Championship Edition in the episode Yep, feel today. free. Uh, I will. Okay and um, so, you know, but but it is really creative. I mean, they did a good job. This, uh, you know, this is a, a, an officially sanctioned uh, Namkai, Namkai Bando. Nam, Namco sure. Bandai, yeah. We'll, we'll take on uh, <laughs> Any or all of the above. Um, so I, I have to applaud them for continuing that that sort of idea of of reimagining their 
you know, one of their flagship characters. Uh, it's worth downloading, and I think you might like it. I mean, if you go, it's available on iOS, and it's on the Google Play Store, I believe, so you might as well go ahead and try it out. Um, and, you know, pretty fun. Pretty fun and, and really well done. I like me some Pac-Man. I, I played a lot of that Championship Edition. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, honestly, I mean, the, the idea of the, of the glitch wall is really cool, and the fact that it's an endless Pac-Man really is pretty neat, but... Um, and maybe if if these games had been released in reverse order, I mean, if we had had Pac-Man 256, you know, up until now, and Championship Edition was coming out now, it's probably a toss-up as to which one I would say was more creative. But I feel like the idea of of Pac-Man Championship Edition was just so it was just so cool compared to what we had had before with Pac-Man mm-hmm. that it's kind of hard to beat. Pac-Man was is one of the very first video games I ever played on the Atari 800 in 1983 or four. Well, I, I, you know, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before that I was born under the sign of Pac-Man. I share the exact same birthday. Ah, uh, yes, so, that's right. Yep. Cool. So, uh, and then I'll just make a brief mention. That's that's really what I've been playing. I, I want to say that's what I've been playing most of, but probably what I've been playing most of is Fallout Shelter, which has now been released on Android. Um, I don't know that I can add too much to that Fallout Shelter discussion, but um, it. At first, I didn't think I was going to like it at all. I was like, oh, this is dumb. But and then you realize then, it was dumb, and you kept playing it, well, and it's still dumb. Yeah, no, I mean it's not bad. It, I mean it really is kind of fun because you're always you're doing that constant balancing act between you know you're you're building the rooms to to you know bolster up one one resource that you need, but then you notice that you know that has caused some other thing to fall behind. But then oh god, you need more people, so then you need more food, and then oh you've got more food, so you need more water, and you know in the meantime you're sending people out into the way. So it, I mean it, it's it's fun enough, and I know you and I were kind of talking about it and joking that it ends up being pointless at the end of the day, but it it's pointless in the sim city sense you know where mm-hmm. you're sort of i mean you're just building stuff and it's not like there's a goal all, where all you play win necessarily. Pointless, right yeah exactly by extension any given game whether you feel like you're achieving something or not is <laughs> is kind of pointless so well well, well I guess ha, what, what is your population of your shelter uh i've got i think i've just got just shy of through i think i got 28 people i just unlocked the agility room what's your vault yeah, number yeah, more important oh yeah uh, actually, it's my second vault. My first vault uh, met its untimely end when everybody got irradiated because I didn't realize that as soon as your uh, water meter started turning red, everybody was getting radiated. Uh, and then once once that happens, I just I could not build you know the DRAD kits fast enough. I was just like you know what, never mind. But I did read an interesting article about this because I was trying to figure out the secrets of how to you know what things were actually doing because it seems straightforward, but there are a lot of little nuances to Fallout Shelter that don't really get explained to you. But I read a really interesting article about playing Fallout Shelter in creative ways. I mean, as you guys know, as as big Fallout fans, uh, the vaults are all experimental, right? So there are weird things going on in those vaults and i saw an article that was like you know what you don't have to play this game the way they say and so there are some people who are building vaults completely without any food uh or trying to get get an all-male or all-female vault or doing just like all kinds of stuff and the game since it doesn't have a specific set objective you can kind of do whatever you want with it and i and i actually kind of found that idea kind of fun but (laughs) right now i'm just trying to survive so i'm playing at the playing at the the real way checking my you know alerts every hour and watching people die in the wasteland so but what, um, what number is your vault uh i think my vault now is 321 which i did not plan that way uh it just kind of came out that way but it's it's my second vault i can't remember what my previous one was so well come come talk to me when you're at about 50 population and we'll see that's kind of where i stopped I, i'm i'm only at i'm only at 30 and Doesn't i haven't it seen any of... at like 200 i think 
something like that. Uh, I, I think there is eventually a cap, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen any of the real big events yet, like the real, you know, I've had like rad roaches. Have you had raiders attack yet? Yeah, raiders, raiders definitely. And then apparently there's some like weird kind of alien dudes who come in and just lay waste. I haven't seen those guys. Huh. I never got that. Far I started either. to play that um, on my iPhone five, but everything is way too small. So I I thought, oh, you know, forget this. I'll just I'll play it on my iPad. It's it's really um, good on an iPad. It's way better on an iPad for sure. Yeah, I I would think it would be, but I just I still haven't gotten around to actually downloading it. So I you know <clears throat> I don't play mobile games. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing. Like there's all these mobile games that I would really like to play. And that I, I download and I like check them out for a little bit, but anytime I, I'm you know at work or just out doing something and I have a little bit of time on my phone, it's like I would rather be reading something, whether it's Twitter or Kindle or like you know just the web. Yeah. Um, I just never find myself playing games on the phone. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I've been trying to make a little bit more of a conscious effort lately to to give more attention to mobile games that deserve it. Um, I, I am playing more, but we'll we'll save that for another week uh speaking of things that uh, you could be doing rather than playing games you could be watching us or listening to us talk about playing games uh we are the game bite show of course coming to you twice a week this is our midweek show of course talking about games we've been playing but tune in again with us at the top of the week where we will talk about the news the new releases and a special topic that we will discuss just for you so please don't miss us uh you can also watch us like i mentioned playing games on twitch.tv slash show and uh our compatriot jared red eye dunn is streaming some interesting stuff out there uh most recently cosmonautica i think and uh, of course he's got something special cooked up for this week as well uh if you'd like to talk to us about what you've heard on this show or seen in our streams you can reach out to us on twitter as a group we are at game show you can also uh, say some nasty things to us individually if you want. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. I'm at Count underscore Elmdor. And Jared that I mentioned earlier is at R-E-D underscore I. So uh, check out our website, GameBiteShow.com, and uh, you can find all of this and much more there. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. We'd sure, sure love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, we uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you then. See ya. See ya. See ya.